guys. Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And you are listening to us in high fidelity. Chris is high so fidelity. excited about this. Yeah, we got an update on the mixer. Everything's in stereo. <laughs> We're able to use all the widgets and gadgets on the mixer that I didn't even know I wasn't even using anymore or at all ever. I'm really excited about it, but that's not a real reason to be excited about anything <laughs> for you guys. So I hope it all sounds good. Now that everything sounds good, finally, although I think it has always sounded good, we're going to get way more listeners, right? Now is that, that our intro is happen? now that our intro is in stereo, right? You can hear me drive I by in my didn't super know it suite. wasn't in stereo before <laughs> this whole time. Oh man! All right, before we get into a little a uh, few updates, what have you got for yeah, us? Yeah, let's talk about the Overcrest Drivers oh, Club. Guess what? What? I have a secret. For the Overcrest Drivers Club. I I'm, know the secret. You, you, well, obviously you do. <laughs> I'm going to post it up in the Overcrest Drivers Club. We've got something cool for you guys. We've got something cool. It's awesome. Yes. But, but it's a secret. You need to, of course, be an Overcrest driver in the Drivers Club. Head over to patreon.com slash Overcrest or overcrestproductions.com slash Drivers Club. The link is always in our bio. Or in, not in our bio, in our little profile show notes thing. It's called show notes. Show notes. It's in the show notes. It's right it's, there. It's you also called it. the description it's of only, the podcast. It's only $5. Right. For $5, $5 a month, what does that get you? It gets you exclusive access to content that only our Drivers Club members have. Yep. It also gets you exclusive deals. And merch. And, and maybe merch. some exclusive Overcrest Drivers Club merch. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some of that. Maybe some Drivers Club merchandise. And, of course, there's different tiers to choose from. If you go up from there, you get uh, other items, including... Like there's stickers and prints, and there's all kinds of different stuff that you get. Anyway, you, the best part is you get to support the show. You get to support us, keep the lights on here, and uh, we really appreciate that. Also, Chris, I, what? The lights aren't even on. The lights oh, are no! now <laughs> Our light bulb is burnt out up there. That, yeah. that is absolutely true. And uh, I just want to thank everybody who has supported the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, again, at the end of the month, we'll go through and we'll... We'll talk to about some of the great members that have signed up. Absolutely. All right. So has anything going on with you? Yeah, What's things th keep apparently wanting to hit my car. Oh, no. And do hit my car. Oh, no. Cars. So, so I dropped the Cayenne off at the body shop. Where, we my, where my golf is. So we're oh, both. Uh, we're <laughs> yeah, that's where the golf is. So it's full over. What are the odds that they're just both over there? They're there. I saw them. I was there yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, I was did there yesterday. Did you see my car? I did not see yours, but I did see mine. There was a guy vacuuming glass out of the back. Yeah. You know what is funny is the the insurance adjuster called me today. He's like, or it was just like, hey, this is Geico. Just uh, this is Matt. I'm wondering how everything's going. And I just go, yeah, the adjuster sucks. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Because he didn't do the estimate right. He didn't even know. He's like, yeah, I couldn't get into the hatch because I didn't have a key. And I go, dude, it's broken. It doesn't even latch. Right. You can just open it and look. Yeah. And then he didn't do the front bumper. The front bumper's messed up. So to, to my defense, he does suck. He didn't do a very good job. Right. Um, but, but it's he's just like, funny that. It's just funny that I, I was like, oh, dude. I was kind of like, I'm sorry in my head. But then I'm like, nah, this guy didn't do a good yeah, job. Yeah. Screw yeah. it. Tell yeah. it how so, it is. Yeah, tell it how it is. Um. Anyway, so the Cayenne's in there because we know something happened to the fender. And so I'm driving the 911 a lot. And I look out and I notice that my front turn signal lens is cracked and there's a big um, like paint chip on my front bumper. On too. the what? On the front turn signal lens. Of your 911? Yeah. Oh no. Did yeah. you just get those from me? You yeah, got those lenses for me. Ago. They're really nice. Yeah. So That's I had to bummer. order a, I tried to order the Bosch original one and they're like, 
yeah, this is going to be like six months out on a slow boat from Germany, yeah. and I want to actually have a lens, so I ordered the off-brand one. It'll be fine if anybody's looking. If anybody gets on their knees and crawls up to your car and tries to see if they're Bosch turn signal lenses, you can kick them in the butt when right. they're down. Right, that's like the only thing on the car that would be correct, so who really cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. That's all that's going on for my, yeah, my I, thing. Yeah, I looked at a... Uh, so. You know, some people send me stuff on Instagram or Facebook, uh-huh. oh, buy this car or whatever. Someone showed me a 1994 uh-huh. Volkswagen Golf, uh, just a Volkswagen Golf. That's all there it's, is to it's it. Funny it's funny because the same day you sent this to me and you're like, look how clean this is. That came across my feed on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, the same they know. car. They know. They know. They know we're buddies and they someone else sent it to me. So they probably know to send it to you too because you know me and we might be into the same type of stuff. And Which they, is why you should share the Overcrest podcast with your friends. That's true. You guys are also true. into the same stuff. Share the podcast. We really need right. that. We don't really do any marketing or paid marketing. No. We did a little bit. Didn't work. We just need you guys. That's what we need. We Screw need. the algorithms. Yeah. Let's do it Let's on do our it. own. Let's do it on our own. Anyway, so I this 1994 Golf with 49,000 miles, and it's this cool green color. And what I can't, is the color? I don't it's remember. It's not the regular no, it's, Mark III it, No, green. it's like a, it's got a lot more blue in it. It's, it's teal. Lot, I would call it teal. Yeah, it certainly is. And it looks awesome in these pictures. I'm like, holy cow, this is going to be an excellent swap for what? Oh, your stupid TDI what? motor. What do you mean stupid? What's in the car right now? A two liter eight valve, 105, 115 horsepower shit pile with an automatic transmission. Oh, okay. So why would you go uh, to a TDI motor? What's I'm the, just, uh? I don't like TDIs. Why? I don't know. It doesn't. God, Come it's on, dude. so dumb. We're on a podcast so here. Dumb. You have to give an explanation for things. <sighs> you can't just say, I don't like it. It's regularly available. It's more stinky. You, there's, fuel is regularly available. You can't say that. I know not what the re- as regularly available. Sure is. Plus, you don't have to stop at gas stations hardly ever. You drive like 600 miles on a tank, so it almost doesn't matter. I know the reason. And other the reasons why I don't like them either. What? Uh, it's th- they don't rev. Oh, yeah. They don't rev. And that's, you're like, I had a, I swapped a, <laughs> an AAZ, which is the non-direct, and in, well, it's direct injected, but it's not the computer controlled one. It's the 1.9 sure. with a mechanical, mechanical pump. Sure. And it came in, uh, I think, different Volkswagens in Canada and Europe and stuff like that. We, right. I don't think we ever got it. So I put that into a truck and I threw 30 PSI at it with this little tiny little turbo. <laughs> and it was like, and then you had to shift to, yeah, and you had to shit, and it was just like ah, oh. because you gotta be like yeah, oh, yeah. It was just very They're very anticlimactic. Engines, yeah, it was kind of like smoke is not a like why I like the, I kind of like the smoke, especially you like rolling coal, in man. An, in you're old, rolling coal in your Volkswagen. It's a little it's bit dumb. different when you've got an old car and it's unexpected versus when it's a giant truck. We're like, there's another one of those idiots. It's a little bit different, I think, because it's, it's kinda, a little different. It still does nothing for the, me. It's the power stupid. is kind of like if you were waiting in line somewhere uh-huh. and someone behind you just shoved you for a second uh-huh. and then he w- took one step forward and then and parted. <laughs> in this analogy? <laughs> no, no. I was just saying, it's like you get this little shove of boost. You oh. just get this, you just get this little shove and we then it's over. I the smoke still and now I'm shoving you in line and so you're going to yeah, fart a, on me with your power smoking train. exhaust. No, 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 no. They don't smoke unless you turn the fuel screw up. If it's running properly, they don't smoke. Yeah. I used to have one that would smoke when the boost pipe would fall off and then you, <laughs> and then there was no way for it, this truck actually the same thing. The boost pipe would fall off because I was running 30, I think I had it at the most 30 APS. Pops right off. It just falls right off. And then, of course, you have no boost, but the car doesn't know it. So it's, so just, it's just dumping, dumping fuel. fuel and it has like three and a half horsepower. Anyway, so it's this girl who is super cool, super cool chick. She shows up, pulls up. And my first impression is 
Oh no! What? Because it's nowhere near as clean as the photos really? made it out to believe. Mm. I look at it. There's like the only thing I knew is there was a little bit of little rust spot on the hatch, about the okay. size of a like a lima bean. You know, it's just that is an odd comparison. Well, I'm trying to think of something smaller than a penny. Okay, but it's or maybe a, and smaller than a dime, and maybe it has a little bit of an oval <laughs> shape. It's shaped like a lima bean. That's all I can say. Okay, and so it had a little spot, and I knew that was there, but the whole car had scratches all over it really and i wouldn't normally care because you could buff them out but some of them worked to the metal yeah like i don't understand what happened how this how it got that because bad it all did otherwise hood. look very clean it did in the pictures then i got on my hands and knees and i looked underneath and everything it's it's clean ish but it's still scaly but it's still got scaly rust on yep. like the suspension and the control arms and all this scaly rusty crap and then i look at the fender and at the bottom of the pinch weld, which was amazingly in pretty good shape, these okay. pinch welds usually are, usually are hammered, um, was like brand new paint. And I go, did you paint <gasps> oh. this fender? She's like, what do you mean? I said, the fender, did you paint it? She's like, oh, oh yeah, I got hit there. Huh. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> man. This thing Not was, original. This thing was 3500 bucks. Okay. She had it marked down to 3100 And this thing was rattling all over the place. There was a cigarette burn on the seat. The interior was oh. okay. But you know how the when you get in and out of a car, you sometimes... Your foot hits the speaker grill down there. Sure. On a Mark III, those are metal. Okay. The speaker grills are metal. So it was all rusty from salt. Oh. And like there's all kinds of wear marks in the so interior. It's not clean. It's not clean. And it was clunking all over the place. The What's suspension clunking? needed. Oh, the, the suspension, like, every like bushings, single, yeah. It was, it was everything. And I just go, I'm really sorry, but this isn't the car for me. It's just, it's the whole point of this car is that it only has 49,000 miles on it, and it looks like it's got about 125,000 miles mm. on it. So I'm just not... You want the car that has 150 on it, but only looks like it has 40. Exactly. exactly. Or, or it looks like it has 40 in the first place. Right, you know, exactly. 40 with, it looks like it's 40. This thing looked like the the lady that had been outside. She's she's only 38, but she's been outside tanning 10 hours a day <laughs> for, like, for like 25 years. Yep. It just was well like... Well-worn. It was well, well-worn. And it's Minnesota. And it's... it's the only reason that car was cool in the first place is if it was that clean. Yeah, it would because have been like this time capsule thing. The color is not what I'd pick. I, I love wouldn't the color. pick a four-door for a Mark III. I love the four-door. <laughs> okay, well, fine. Yeah, the four-doors are great. I've got kids. I want to put them in there. Wouldn't it's like fine. the automatic in that no. thing. Wouldn't but like that motor anyway. in that thing. Here's the thing is, all of a sudden, you have a 50,000-mile car that looks like a 125,000-mile car that you're doing all this work to put a swap in, and then the car's really not that nice. Right. It just kind of lost its luster a little bit. It I just don't blame wasn't you special at all. And I said, I just, I'm sorry. I felt bad because she was so sweet. You know, she was very sweet and meek, and it was, it was very, it was a nice <laughs> experience meeting her. Yes. And um, she's like, well, what would you give me for it? Yeah. And I said, well, I, I don't want to lowball you. It's not nice. It's not fair. She's like, well, what's your amount? I said, I didn't. I don't even want it. Yeah. But I was like two grand. She's like, how about twenty two hundred? And I go, I can't. I just can't. I just can't. I th in 2000 is too much to pay. Well, maybe not. In today's market, maybe it's not, especially around here. Someone yeah. will get the car. But it needs wheel bearings and rear strut bushings. And none of this right. stuff is hard. And it's all like $4. It's all very, very cheap. <laughs> and the, the engine does kind of bolt in. But then I would want to put coilovers on it. And then I would want to put wheels on it. And then I'm spending all this money on this car that's all, got all full of scratches. So theoretically, the car should be repainted completely. And I'm just seeing Why this thing. Why are you going to make this thing that clean then in the first place? You know what I mean? Because now I you're wanted, talking a full-blown project. Exactly. It's no. just, it was too much. And yeah. I just, and no. I, and what's funny is I said, I'll think about it and I'll get back to you. And Jesse came and picked me up because I dropped the M5 off at, uh, 
with Brandon, my friend who works at German Auto Works. He's doing a. I was a, wondering where you were. Yep. So there's a there's a transfer tube that goes on the saddle tank. Okay. Right now, yep. if you get to a third of a tank, you run out of gas. You're you're done. <laughs> so there's a fuel pump transfer tube that goes from one side to the other. That's broken. So he's doing yep. that, and then it blew the rear left strut. Yeah. So we're, so we're doing rear struts, struts and a control arm. I didn't arm. know you knew anyone at German Auto Works. Yeah, I looked Brandon. at a 996 over yeah, there. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He's a customizing kid with two Ks on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you got go. It. He's the dude that was laying in the sand, dude, getting jumped over by a dirt bike wearing an Overcrest shirt. That was amazing. It was incredible. It was the, <laughs> it was the best use of Overcrest anything that I've ever seen. And I put up, hey, if anybody can top this, let us know. Zero people. Nope, don't even try. Don't even try. You're going to have to be like, a half-naked girl with two jump dirt bikes jumping over you to top that. It was, it was, it was really, it was really, really good. Anyway, so I, I, now I'm kind of going, and I didn't even think about this. I was just going to drive it as is, this Mark III, just drive it as is, just bomb around, sure, or whatever. It's like the air conditioning doesn't work, and I'm like, boy, this just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And after I left, I go, I could put that TDI in there. And then Jesse picked me up, and I started telling her about it. Yeah. And telling her about it, yeah. and I essentially just talked myself out yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. It's like I just, I don't, I don't want this thing. No. It's completely, it's, it's a massive project for not a nice car. Yeah, for for there's, yeah, it's just too much. So yeah. then I started thinking about other things that I could put the TDI in as a daily. <laughs> so, so now you need to buy a car to use this motor that you have. Why not? Why not just sell the motor and then you're good to go? Because I want to put the motor in something. That's why I have it in the first place. Okay, you know that's that's why I have it. Is to okay. put it in something. So I, and I've had it been lugging it around for twenty years. <laughs> Seriously, no <laughs> kidding. Almost twenty years. It's been around for that long. So I was thinking either a. So if anybody is out there and has uh-huh. one of these, a B three Passat. Oh, okay. which is like early nineties. Into that, it'll bolt into that. It's the one that it has no front grill. Yeah, it's weird. I don't like I, it as a wagon though. Yeah, it's got to be a wagon. I know. It's got to be a wagon. I don't want to be Ford. It's cool because it's quirky looking. They are quirky looking. I like the rear taillights. Good looking. I like the black trim all over them. Sure. They look good. Otherwise, a Mark III Golf that's really clean. Sure. You know, if there was something that was like a VR6 interior that the VR6 was blown in, that I could dump the VR6 because then you'd have leather seats with heated seats. Yep. And and that would be dialed at like the leather door cards and stuff are comfy. I think that would be the way to go. Or... I was thinking like a Westphalia van would be cool to put the TDI in. You could go camping in it. That yeah, would be those something. Those things do need more torque and power. Yeah, for my sure. buddy Dave, the guy that does all the carburetor work. Hey, yeah. if you need carburetor work, hit me up. I'll connect I you with Dave. I might actually unbolt my carbs and give them to him. He's doing a set of Zenus right now. I know. Just get it done. He'll make them look super nice. But he has a, a Eurovan uh, camper thing, Westphalia, yeah. that he's putting a little bit of an older TDI in, like a Mark III TDI that has a computer kind of. So like the middle, you have the AAZ, which is early. Then you have, I don't know, HU, or I have no idea. And then you have ALH, and then you have all these other ones that go on and on and on. So this is kind of in the middle, and he's putting it in there because you can't drive the thing. No, it can't get out of its own way. They don't move. Yeah. They don't They don't move. And then they overheat, and it's a huge problem. They have a, the five-cylinder is what they have in them normally. Oh. And you can get a VR6. Those okay. ones are fine. You could get a yep. Eurovan with a VR6 in it. But the five-cylinder, it's like a 2.5. It's just a total turd. Huh. They're just absolutely awful to drive around in. So that's an option. I can't think of anything else that I would really like to actually drive. I don't want to do the amount of work that it would take to put it in a Mark One. Just not interested. Really? Now, maybe even You're, a Mark Two. You would be in the Mark One guy. Yeah, but I got to drive it every day. This is my daily driver. Maybe my wife wants to drive it. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of more like... 
I keep, I have a 911. I don't need like some other old project car. I would like mm. a cool car that I've built that I can just bomb around in and then sell in five minutes. That's, uh, <laughs> and then the motor will finally be sold. Yes. Yeah, exactly. The motor will finally be sold. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. And I don't know. I was, uh, I drove down to, for 4th of July to visit my family. Sure. I had not done since COVID really. I wow. hadn't seen, my kids hadn't seen grandma and grandpa and great grandma and great grandpa. So we went down there and because Jesse's car got destroyed, yeah. which we still don't know what's going on with it yet. Uh, we got a rental. Right. And the rental is the Chevy Equinox. And we talked about it a little bit last week yeah, with the weird the up, buttons. Down button. uh, the up down button. I never, never, I I could not no figure out what it did. No idea what the up-down button no is. No idea. You think it would upshift or downshift? I think that's what it did. But it doesn't do anything. Huh. You hit it and it doesn't do anything. There's no like, <laughs> you can't put it into like a sport mode. That's what I was wondering. There's no sport mode. There's only L for what like it? loser. Oh, I don't know. Low There's gear. Low gear. Yeah. Low gear in your Equinox. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this thing started like I would floor it. It would start to shudder and shake. And it was just like like the motor mounts were toast. It was just shaking and, and it's inspiring. It's like a brand new car. 20,000 miles on it. Just a piece of junk. Wow. So I call up uh, and it's Saturday, Friday. It's Friday. Yeah. So I call up. I said, hey, we need a new rental, rental. car. And the lady on the other line goes, uh, yeah. And I go, no, 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 it's, it's, it's broken. And she goes, uh, yeah. This woman spoke zero English and I was trying to be very polite. And I go, ma'am, I'm having a little bit of a difficult time communicating. Is there, is it possible that there's someone else there that could, uh, that could speak with me about my problem? And she just goes, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. It was the, it was, uh, yeah, it was the most incredible experience of customer service failing. And it, but it was so funny. That's hilarious. And then so I go, what, how did, how so did it end? I hung up yeah. and I called back. Oh no. Same lady. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it was the exact same person. How is that possible? It was like some roadside assistance thing. And I finally go, I finally got her to be like, we have no cars. We have no cars, no cars. So there's no car for me to exchange because it's 4th of July weekend. <laughs> yeah. And I go, and I start, for some reason, I go, well, what's the contingency plan if someone's car breaks down? And she just goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm like, what oh, my it's God. just someone fucking with you because they, they don't have an answer, right? I don't know. So it's actually just, <laughs> I don't know. And I finally, she's just like, I, we take care of you. Goodbye. And she hung up. <laughs> That's it. Did they take care of you? Inter no. <laughs> so <laughs> incredible. In this enterprise rent a car. And what I'm thinking is they don't have nobody's nobody's working. Right. Nobody's working. So there's no people <laughs> so to work. This there's, poor woman. I wish Chipotle couldn't even get Chipotle. I know. The sign on the window says, due to unforeseen events, we cannot sell you a burrito. <laughs> That's what it said. More or less. So the guy was like walking around that was on break or something like, what's the deal? Yeah. He's like, we don't have any staff. Yeah. We can't. We can only take phone orders. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm really hungry. And he's like, sorry, unforeseen circumstances. And he walked in the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would have been awesome. No, no, it was no idea. Anyway, so I, um, I'm like, okay, what what uh which ones are open right which enterprise rent a cars enterprise you got to figure out your customer service thing enterprise <laughs> rent a cars open i got the airport sure general mitchell international airport milwaukee i go there on did you call them ahead of time I would, no i just went there on monday morning okay which is july this 5th. is gonna end badly i pull up in the car <laughs> this young dude comes out he's like hey man what's going on you dropping a car off i said He's like, is everything okay? I said, no, everything's bad. This car is broken. He's like, no problem. We'll get you a new car right away. What? Didn't ask me any questions. Says, we'll upgrade you. We're really, what? really sorry. Here's a, here's a Toyota Highlander. It's fully loaded. It's got 600 no. miles on it. 
And I go, dude, you just saved your company. <laughs> and this dude was like, what and do you mean? And then he turns around, he winks at uh, you and he goes, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, and I told him the story and he kind of laughed. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, we'll got you taken care of. No problem. I was in and out of that. That's amazing. I was from the time I pulled up till driving away at the airport with my new car was five minutes or less. Wow. It was incredible. Did you how, ask if you could like give him a positive review or something? Yeah, or? I got his card. So yeah. I'm going to call like later on and just be like, hey, this guy was awesome. You know, I don't oh, know yeah. who to call. And so I can be like, the Aya person is a zero <laughs> out of 10. But Danny is a 10 out of 10. That dude was incredible. That's There's, awesome. The dude is that way is too- not what I was expecting to hear. Right? I expected you to dude, pull up. There's no cars in the lot. I, I expected to pull up and I was ready to fight. man. <laughs> When this guy, when he walked up, he's like, how is everything going? And I said, bad. I expected it to just go awry. I was ready. I had oh guns out. God. I was like, shoot, shoot. I was ready, man. My personality was just ready. Let's not that in this day and age. But no, I my personality was cocked and loaded. Okay. I was ready yes. to go. Yes. You know, I was just absolutely ready to just blow this guy up. And uh, no, he was awesome. He was awesome. And the, there was good. another chick there too. And she was super pleasant and cheerful, which I don't understand how you work at a rental car place at the airport, the day after our- 4th of July, <laughs> where they're absolutely slammed. And this dude was happy. This dude was on, maybe he was on drugs. I don't know, but he Get was- some of that. He was really, really happy. Anyway, that was my, my experience. But the, so the Highlander. Okay. Okay, it's a Toyota Highlander, which is- Which one is the Highlander? So it goes like- because there's little Rav Four is Rav Four is Highlander, uh, and then Forerunner, and then Forerunner. Land Cruiser. I yep. think is like I mean okay. So this is two sizes up from the Equinox, basically. So okay. I called up Fetter. I'm like, dude, this thing rocks compared to this Equinox. He's like, yeah, I hope so. Interesting. And the thing is, is that it has all of the safety things that we always complain about on it. Okay, so it's <laughs> okay. got it's got other car avoidance, right? It avoids things. It does. It'll do lane centering. Right. It'll also do lane. If you leave the lane, it'll correct the lane for you and yep. beep at you. It has the radar cruise control. Ooh. It has it has all of the things. It will slow down for you if you wow. don't hit the brakes. It'll if you stop at in like traffic, it'll you can take your foot off the brake. It'll just sit there, yep. and then you can start going. It has everything. I turned it all off. <laughs> I started with everything on. Okay. I'm like, let's, let's experience this. Let's, you know, this is my first time really driving a car that has everything. Sure. I've driven things that have each one of these things individually. Right. Like the Equinox had this thing <clears> The <throat> I've driven an all track that has the remote cruise control where it keeps the distance for you and monitors your speed. Right. I had to turn it all off because it was absolutely awful to drive. I couldn't drive the car. The lane centering is so sensitive yeah. that you, you're, you're constantly fighting like because you're trying to drive the car. Right. And we're and not it, perfect, so we're not in the center of the lane all the time. And it kind of, feed, there's a lot it's of feedback. Nudge, it's nudging you. And I guess uh, I was talking to Brandon from German Auto Works, complaining to him about it. He's like, yeah, they use the brakes a lot for doing some of this stuff, too. It uses... Oh, yeah. Like, and he's like, I guess some of the Mercedes stuff goes through brakes in like 10,000 miles with some of this like self-driving wow. stuff that they do. Anyway, so it's even if I'm in the middle of nowhere, I never thought about that. No All cars you have to driving do around is break the one wheel and it'll start to pull that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, I don't know if that's what it does or not, but wow. that's what he was saying. So we should look into that and find out how yeah. these systems. Because my Macan actually has that too. And I just assume it's part of the electro do you steering. Do you just... Sometimes, it, like when I'm on the freeway, it's on. Yeah. I can't stand it. When yeah. I went to change lanes, if I don't use my blinker, it freaks out. <laughs> it freaks out. <laughs> and the Mine steering wheel starts shaking a, a, and everything. A subtle like... No, this is... What year is your... 15. Okay, so this is a 2021 brand Angry new thing. Mode. Beep, 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 beep. 
teacher's like, oh my God, what's happening? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it wants me to use my blinker because it thinks I'm just drunk or something. Yeah. But there's no cars around. I just want to drive. I just want to like merge over. There's nobody around. I want to merge in my lane. I don't have to signal to anybody. Don't make me do it. Stop making me do it. And it's making me do everything. And then, so I had to turn that off. I had, first, I had to turn the lane centering off. That was unbearable. Yeah. And then I had to turn off this lane assist thing because it was unbearable because I couldn't do anything. It was just beeping at me all the time. <laughs> if you even get close, it's like, beep, beep, beep. I'm like, Jesus, mom, leave me alone. And then you have the, the remote cruise control, which is silly because you set it at like 85. Let's say you want to go 85. Okay. Someone merges in front of you. Even the closest mode is like 40 yards away. Oh. So you're not ever like close enough to pressure them to get out of the way. Yeah. You know, because you get close enough, most people look in the mirror, like, they go, oh, oh oops. Well, and then they yeah. just merge over. You know, a normal person yeah, would do this that. This is like just hanging back. It hangs back so far that the person never feels any pressure to get the hell out of the way. Yeah. So then you have to turn it off. You have to hit the gas, go up, and then they forget that it's on. And then you, you're you in the right lane and you merge out and the car just jumps forward because it's like, <laughs> oh, nobody's there. And it starts going all of it bad. All of it bad. However, uh-huh. I let my grandpa drive this thing. Yes. He's 88 or eight, 88 years old. 89. Yeah. I think he's 89. Okay. And I was thinking to myself, as he's driving it, this could be good for him. Sure. It could be good for someone that needs this kind of stuff. Sure. You know, maybe their reflexes aren't quite as good with emergency braking. And I thought this would be really good for an older person to have. Yeah. Just, I mean, the lane centering is ridiculous. Nobody <laughs> needs that. If you can't drive, don't drive. Okay, but this stuff where it beeps if you get over the lane, over the lines on the sides of the road yep. or over the center yeah. line, it could be good for an older I person. Agree. I really, really, truly believe that it could be good for them after Here's experiencing the myself. They're designing cars now for the least common denominator. Well, it's not even that. Is that the older person needs it? But now we're all becoming that old person exactly. that's not paying attention. Exactly. It's, that's it's, what I'm talking about. And. In the end, it's probably safer. It just is. But if for someone that wants to pay attention and wants to use the machine, it drove me crazy. I had to turn yeah. it off. Jesse didn't like it either. Yeah. She's like, I can't stand this stuff. It's micromanaging me. Yep. I just want to drive the car. Didn't like it. Plus, you know what I noticed? What's that? Nobody knows how to do heated seats like the Germans. <laughs> okay. This Toyota with full blast on the heated seats. I'm like, is this thing on? Yeah, I want to be like, holy shit! Turn that off. I'm yep. sweating. I want to. Yep. I want to like stick my hand behind my back and feel it with my bare hand and be like, ooh, sizzle, sizzle. You know, but there, <laughs> it's it's just not. It's it's junk, absolute junk. All the Toyota heated seats, garbage. Equinox was the same way. It had crappy heated seats. They don't know what they're doing. I don't know what it is about the Germans. Maybe it's the fact that the. You know what's funny? Did you ever what? notice that in a Volkswagen, the heated seats go up to like four or five, and the Audis go up to five or six? Okay, they go up an extra number. The oh, Audis do over yes, the Volkswagen. Yes, they do. They go up one more notch. Yes. Uh-huh, sure. You're right. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah my, go, my R32 went up to five, but the Audis all go up to six. Yeah, that's got to be some passive aggressive shit right there. Like, well, yeah, we're going to a little more well, heat. It's, it's marketing. marketing. No, it's Does like it actually get the hotter, do you think? I doubt it. There's I doubt testing. it. It's just one more Testing level. must be done. We must go. <laughs> if they still do this, we must test this. this a lot of them are buttons now. It's all just digital, button. I'm sure. Oh, man. We should... Now you can't do it because now they're worn out, so you can't really test mm, to like see. like a bigger sample size. Yeah, we need like a large sample size. I do size. know for a fact that my friend had a URS4. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the original S4. We can just call that an ER. He has an ER. Okay, he has yeah. an ER. Yep. And those seats were so damn hot, I thought yeah. they were defective. Yeah. Because they would burn. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. It was amazing. What sucks now is when you... And 
I we were on a road trip out to Road America once, yeah. me and two friends, and I fell asleep because I was in the back seat, <laughs> bored. Jake, you know, yep. out in a four-hour, five-hour drive, and yep. they would keep turning up the heated seats on full blast in nice. the summer. And I, I use them in the summer. Just like, <gasps> am I the only one that uses heated seats in the summer? Yes. Why would you do that? Because if I'm in the car for like an hour. You know, you get a little uncomfortable, whatever. You can turn the air conditioning up, pop the heated seats on, and it's just kind of comfy, right? It's comfy. Yeah, no? I get it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's not like I'm in my 911 with no air conditioning with the heated seats on, like, yeah, suffer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I love this. Usually I hate you. myself. Someone choke me. <laughs> choke me. Yeah, it's, it's not like that or anything. <laughs> I just this mental image of someone yeah. choking me out yeah. as I'm naked in my 911 with the heated <laughs> yes, seats on. Exactly. Yeah. I was looking up. Uh, it's just, uh, contrast builds character. So you, <laughs> <laughs> I must suffer. So you know, I'm writing a book, right? Yes. And one of the characters in the book is like totally depraved, right? He's just like a, he's like a sick dude. He's just. So I read some of this very really loud. Is this microwave guy? Yes, this is Microwave Guy. Okay, so this is Microwave Guy. Yeah, it's been a while since you read it. Yes. You should, I should give you another copy. It's almost done. Anyway, so this guy is kind of depraved. He gets off on weird things. And I was starting, I like I started, so I started to look like what weird oh, things. No. What people, are real, real things? You know, like, what are real things? I'm like, okay, what about people that like to be choked? Sure. Right. Or they like the, the, the auto asphyxiation yep. erotica. And I was <laughs> looking at the whole crowd. Oh, man. And I stumbled across <laughs> oh, like no. a scientific paper about it. Okay. That talked about a guy uh-huh. who, they, it was a, a paper about people who have died doing this. Sure. Because people die. You hang yourself and, and then you pass out. And you pass because out you with, hung yourself. You pass out with a boner and that's how you're found. <laughs> Great job. Your mom will be proud as you're hanging from your closet door with a big erection. Sad. Anyway, so this guy loved tractors. I really love tractors. So what he would what? do is he would uh, he would dress up, he'd w- put heels on, and then he would like mechanically use a tractor to hang himself. <gasps> and the hydraulics failed, and then he got crushed by the tractor. Like the the bucket went down, and he and the dude couldn't get out, and it crushed him. But there was a part of the article that said this guy had sex with over five hundred tractors. And was particularly attracted to green John Deere tractors. So he's out raping people's tractors. Just your, your poor tractor is just sitting out in a field somewhere. You know, maybe your combine is just like, next to I the feel barn. Like the author used the term sex very loosely in this definition. Well, people do it with cars. Have you never heard of this? I where people have, but stick their what, penis in a tailpipe and they or they rub it on it? This is like an object. It's a thing. It's a it's a thing. It's a, I feel like you went too far down this wormhole that this know. is like not this is yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know about this? Of yeah, course. This there's is probably this a pronoun for it. This <laughs> is just how things are. You're just tractor tractor. Okay, so these Port John Deere tractors in whatever state this guy lived in. No, this was he was in England, obviously. This is a very English thing to do, is run around schlupping <laughs> tractors. And he's just bored over there. Maybe there's something in the water. I have no idea. Uh, anyway, where am I going with this? I have I, no clue. Writing I have a no book. idea. Oh, anyway, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> well, I'm lost. I'm lost. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Can we just talk about news? <laughs> yes, let's get to some news. <laughs> I don't know how to transition from that. All right, what have we got all. in the news? All right, well, Chris, what is the greatest mini bike scene in all of cinematic history? I will tell you. Got room for one more if you still want to go to Aspen. Where did you find that? Some kid back in town. Traded the van for it, straight up. I can get 70 miles to the gallon on this hog. You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. 
and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, what a great movie. Still want to go to right? Aspen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. And this is Jim Carrey's prime. He's riding around on scooters, falling out of rhinoceroses' butts. Oh, my goodness. Pet detective. Yeah. You know what? One of the most iconic things that, uh, well, there's, oh, there's many. Oh, righty then. Yes, of, of course. But one of the things that I always think of when I think of Jim Carrey <laughs> is when I see the UPS guy bring me a package. Okay. Do you remember the first Ace Ventura pet detective where he's got the box in his hand and he... And it says fragile on it. And the whole way up to the guy's house, he's like dropping on the ground. And he's standing in the elevator and the doors are like shutting on it over <laughs> and know, over and over again. That. And he's like kicking it around. And he and the thing is just full of glass, right? It's just full of glass. And he hands it to the guy, sign right here. It's, oh, it's so good. Ace, uh, Jim Carrey in his prime is Ace is, Ventura. Is, is Ace Ventura. It's, it's, it's incredible. The mask. Also, really, did you ever see the mask? With, yeah, I didn't with, like that with one. Cameron, how do you? How old were you when it came out? Did you have you not hit puberty yet? Probably not. Because Cameron Diaz I, in see, the I mask. I don't even remember with the red dress. You should Google it while I'm, I mention this. <laughs> Cameron Diaz with the mask. So two guys yeah. must really, really love. Are you looking at Cameron Diaz red dress? I, I, I um, hold on. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? Imagine I, being like 14. It was good stuff. What year was this? I don't know. I don't know when the mask came out, but I was young, and there was, I mean, it was difficult to find, you know, you know, things that you, you wanted to, you know, uh -huh. lust for. And uh -huh. So Cameron Diaz and the mask was a really, really... 94. Okay, so I was... So I was seven. Yeah, you... <laughs> I didn't get it. I was 13, 14, maybe going on 15 when I first saw it. So seeing Cameron Diaz in a short red dress was like, oh, God. You know, was, which uh, is what he did. Which the, is what he did no, in the movie. Ace Ventura, my favorite scene is where he illustrates that the glass door was soundproof. <laughs> and he's all improv. Anyway, so tell me about this new story. So we brought up, yes, Dumb and Dumber and the amazing scene where they take a mini bike from the plane fields of Nebraska to Aspen, Colorado. Yeah. Yes. Well, Ari Henning and Zach Quartz have recreated faithfully this journey themselves. Zach Quartz is a journalist. He, he writes about stuff. Yes. They actually both work for Revzilla yep. and a couple other uh, YouTube channels. So the mini bike, which the pair built from scratch to exactly match the one in the video, makes a whopping six horsepower. Oh, it yeah, turns baby. out, according to the writers, that wasn't the uh, big issue the acceleration and power output. Right. It was the horrendous stopping power or lack thereof. Not only did the brake suck, but the mini bike forced its piles to go wide open throttle, which of course is terrible on your hand if you're holding it. And the vibration was apparently so bad that it shook the gas tank loose several times and chewed through three sets of lawnmower tires, which were used on said mini bike. Red Loctite probably would have solved that problem. Probably. You ever uh, use red Loctite? Yeah. You ever try to get it off? No, you have to heat it up right. to get it off. You have to use a torch on it to get it off. Don't accidentally use red Loctite on things that you're not supposed to. Mm. I did that on like some like a valve cover or like maybe it was uh, oh, it was head studs. Ooh, yeah, I did ARP head studs. And the problem is, is that one wasn't in far enough, but the Loctite was already yeah, not not no good. No bueno. Yep, no bueno. Uh, even with these technical difficulties, the two did finish the road trip and proved that the movie was surprisingly close to its mile per gallon figures. As the rider log details, quote. In the end, we logged 382 miles and burned seven gallons of gas, plus two and a half rear tires. In the movie, Lloyd traded Harry's van for the hog straight up and claimed to be able to get 70 miles per gallon. 
doing? This this puppy is seventy miles per gallon, or what is he, what this is he hog? This I can hog. get seventy miles per gallon with this that's hog. It. That's it. <laughs> uh, these two guys averaged fifty four miles, which was likely a larger engine and poor carb tuning. So they said the most efficient tank was sixty two miles per gallon. So if you figured that the kid back in town had his jetting sorted for five thousand feet of elevation, seventy miles per gallon seems reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> the whole trip is documented on the Revzilla YouTube channel and is amazing. Yeah. I made it like 20 minutes through it and we had to record here. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's good. Go check it out. Go, go Google that on, on YouTube for sure. So, Chris, the Ford Mustang Mach-E electric crossover yeah. outsold the traditional two-door Mustang in June. I saw one, finally. These Mach-E's? Yeah, I finally saw you one. You talk about weird blobs. They're odd looking because... You know, they've got the Mustang taillights that's and kind of the... That's no, it. the front end is very Mustang-ish too, but then it's everything... Like it's like you just squished it on together. It's like your favorite bread, but someone took a dump in the middle, and so you don't really want to eat... It, the, both what? ends are good. I thought you were going to say, but you pushed the center together so it resembles a round blob instead of a loaf of bread. Yeah, but well, it's just, I'm just saying everything in the middle you don't want. Because it's that. got some Mustang stuff on the rear, which honestly doesn't look that good. So maybe it's a piece no. of bread you don't like, yeah. and then a piece of bread you kind of like, and they're kind of moldy, but you don't really want to eat it, but it's what we're all going to... Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, uh, this is the first time the Maki has outsold its namesake. It's still behind the gas-powered Mustang in sales for the year to date. Ford uh, sold 31,950 Mustang coupes and convertibles in the first six months of 2021 compared to 12,900 Mach-E. So it's way off for the year, but for some reason in June, it outsold it. So they sold 4,500 gasoline Mustangs in June of so 2020. So Basically. Did they not have any Mustangs? No. Was there like a chip shortage? Yeah. Oh, oh, you think there is? Yeah, I'm is just saying. Is there some sort do, of chip shortage going well, on? Yes, but is that why they didn't have any Mustangs for sale? Were they like, sorry, you can't buy one, buy one Ford of these instead? production data published in early June shows the automaker was building more examples of the Mach-E than other Mustang models, reporting that in the light of the chip shortage, Ford was prior prioritizing Mach-E over the Mustang. Oh, there you go. All they did was just build more of them. Yeah, this is like head uh, headline fodder right here. Exactly. Well, yeah, because they didn't have any Mustangs exactly. in the first place. Uh, Dodge. Yes, Dodge. 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 They are launching the world's first <laughs> electric muscle car, Chris. Okay. Yeah, uh, Dodge used Stellantis' EV day. God. What the hell is First it? of all... <laughs> it sounds like this is your drug to celebrate ED day. Yeah, I, I was thinking to myself, if you said that really fast, Stellantis' EV day, you'd be like, oh, so it's like a bunch of dudes that get together that don't have erections? Is that what we're doing here? We're going to fix it for them? I don't Stellantis understand. Stellantis' EV day. Yeah. I hate this because, they, what do they call the thing? The, <sighs> the E-muscle or something like that? Yes. I don't... It's... Curse you, Apple. Curse you. No, what, we had this conversation before. The fact that iPhone, iPod, everything, they were genius with doing that. The problem is now everyone is appropriating that same style. And Everybody is e. lazy. This is lazy marketing yeah. to call it e-muscle. It is lazy and it sounds dumb. And guess what? what? Like I always say, whatever the marketing is, yeah. that's how you know what the weakness is. So this thing is called e-muscle. at least e -muscle. what they're worried about. Yeah, this is E-Muscle, which means everybody's... Oh, they, they think this isn't a real muscle car. Yeah, this isn't a muscle <laughs> car. We better call it muscle. It's just like the Justice Department for the government. Yeah, more like the Injustice Department. It's always the opposite of everything you think it's going to be. Yeah, well, anyways, uh, Dodge did use the EV day to announce the world's first electric muscle car, along with a new tagline, tear up the streets, not the planet. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Okay, so how long do you have to drive this thing before it makes sense? We know that last week it was, if you live in Pennsylvania, you have to have a Tesla for 80,000 miles yeah, before it'll make it more. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Automaker says the car is coming in 2024 and showed off some dark images of a vehicle that is a concept. And By dark images, you mean like one glowing line. Correct, it's, yeah. It's completely and totally worthless. It's basically a retro-inspired styling cue with a fastback roof I saw line. They have like a fascia. They have like an LED thing, like a, a So shape. it's basically, here's what it is. It looks like an elevator on an alien spaceship, the little well, plus symbol that you push it. Yeah, so it's a 69 charger that they put LED strip around the front grill is basically what this thing mm -hmm. looks. Uh, the front has the LED. I don't need to write, read that again. The logo is dumb. Yeah. That's all I can the say. The automaker's electrification messaging is a bit convoluted, along with a statement that, quote, Dodge will not sell electric cars, but, quote, will sell American muscle. The company oh, says its engineers have reached the limit of what they can pump out of internal combustion engines. Therefore, because people are complaining, says, well, we need more than 900 no, horsepower. No, they're using this to justify why they're making an electric car. Quote, Dodge has an obligation to embrace electrification just for more performance. It's not because we're trying to be green guys. It's because we need more performance than what a gasoline engine can do. That's why they're doing it. Okay. However, considering there is an electric muscle car coming in 2024, Dodge will, of course, be selling electric cars after all. So are we going to get a Hellcat motor with electric no. front? No. No. It's not going to be this composite thing. If no. I th so here's the, qu the question or the article here questions, is it going to be just an electric calendar or charger or is it going to be something completely new? I do think it's going to be some sort of new platform with an electric only drivetrain. Yeah. The E-muscle will probably be like the E-charger or so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it could Look be at you. the charger yeah and they're gonna do it's, some oh, oh they're ready they're it. ready there's a damn dude, you chris whoever works at dodge that whichever guy does the best dad jokes that's uh -huh. the guy that's gonna name it the like, charger let's just call it the charger, charger. <laughs> oh god awful um we haven't talked about the new lotus amira lately yeah that's, ever that seems like right up your alley yeah i mean it's almost in your price range i mean you'd have it to hold, actually is kind you'd have of. to like hold babies on laps which is something you're not supposed to do anymore because oh, if, of, yeah we're trying to have no a family seat. there's no, no which is i i like that about this so the well, 2022 put dogs on the roof so you can just hey, maybe roof put rack and roof, we know brock you can put baby. Up, you can put roof a rooftop baby. tent yeah roof babies that's Actually, oh, that's alluding to Monday's episode, which yeah. we didn't mention yet. Yeah, Brock Keen from uh, he's 996, 996 Road Trip, trip. is going to be on the podcast to talk about rally stuff. That's yes, absolutely. Good. But regardless, the 2022 Lotus Amira will serve as a replacement for both the Elise and Exige, becoming the specialist automaker's only sports car line and its last to have an internal combustion engine. That's you're going to see a lot of the last to have this. I know it's. The Amira will have a choice of two engines, an AMG-sourced four-cylinder making 360 horsepower, or... What a shame. What a shame to see AMG have their name on a four-cylinder turbo I engine know. making Agreed. only 360 horsepower when the A63 AMG has like a 600-horsepower twin-turbo V8. That's AMG. This is a Volkswagen to me. Like the, Yeah, I agree. It's just... Uh. I yeah. don't like it. Uh, or you can have the supercharged 400 horsepower Toyota V6, there you which go. is the one you want. Yeah, obviously. It that's... sounds better, and that's the engine that comes with the manual transmission. Yes. You that's... can't get the manual with the four-cylinder. Uh, pricing expected to be around 70 grand. And to start. So with the V6, it's probably you're probably getting up into the 80s you're right. pretty quick. By the yeah. time it's everything Jake wants, like some yellow seatbelts or something, it's going to be up, <laughs> in the, up into the 80s for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. 
So this is effectively going <laughs> to replace this a Seinfeld episode now. <laughs> That's yada yada yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is going to replace the Elise, which was introduced in 2001, and the Exige, which was 2012. So the Amira will become Lotus's only sports car line, and its last. I just said that to use an internal combustion engine. Uh, Amira, it sits on a bonded aluminum chassis, which is kind of cool. They don't weld right. it; it's all just like epoxied together, which mm. I remember was mind-boggling when well, I read they do that planes for the first like time. That. It's, it's difficult to understand that that works but it does you know right it's it's, it's just glue that's what they did back in the day when you had uh like the 962 the porsche right. race car they would have a jig and all that stuff would be bonded together they'd be rivets and it would be bonded a lot yeah. of it was these it's just like double-sided sticky tape <laughs> basically and they bond the car together and over time <clears throat> they do kind of start coming apart a little bit so they yeah. after the races they'd have to redo it but those are really high stress situations i do have an interesting story about sticky tape yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so my dad worked for 3M in like their R&D. And I remember we were up at the cabin putting a new dock in. So it's an aluminum dock. It's spring. It's damn cold. And it's raining. Yep. And we had new um, cedar-like planks to put on the top. And he's like, well, rather than bolting them or anything, I got this new heavy-duty double-stick tape. <laughs> and I was like, this is the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, this is not going to so work. So we're out there in the freezing cold, in the rain, laying this tape out. And I accidentally <laughs> went like this. And I couldn't get my hand off of it. I could not. It was some like prototype tape. It was the strongest damn adhesive I've ever come in contact with ever. Yet you're here. I think we had to like scrape my hand off or something. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Well, they make some pretty crazy double-sided tape. But anyway, they hold planes together, the wings and stuff like that. So epoxy and that sort of stuff. I've read, and I don't know if this is true. Maybe someone that knows planes will send us a message. I've read that some of the rivets you see on the planes are for your visual benefit. (laughs) That they're not actually doing anything. I highly doubt that. There's no way they would do that because that's added weight. That's true. And reduces aerodynamic efficiency. You're, You're probably right. Yeah, no, that's dumb. Uh, stick shift is the V6 only, blah, 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 blah. I don't care about the t- thing anymore. Oh, it's going to be uh, not electric steering. They're using hydraulic okay. steering because... Wow, steering that's, box. That's, well, yep. maybe not a box, but... No, it's a rack and pinion yeah, yeah, like a normal awesome. car. Yeah. But yeah, it's not electronically powered because it doesn't have as good a feel. So that'll be great. Oh, here's something interesting. President Biden will be signing a right to repair bill. Okay. What's this all about? So the right to repair, we've talked about this in the past. It's been an ongoing fight in the U.S. for quite some time, but pressure has been mounted on legislative protection for the better part of a decade. While many consumers struggle with the ability to repair their own devices and vehicles, some industries like farming have been hampered by the inability to repair the tools they use every day due to eliminations enacted by the equipment manufacturers themselves. Well, the problem is, is that even if you want to repair anything these days... It's really hard. It's it really, very really, hard. really hard. But when it comes to like John Deere and stuff, they basically have their own rules that says, no, you cannot repair this yourself. It's in the owner's manual. Yeah, you can't. You're and not allowed the, to. Like your warranty will be voided. There's no independent shops that can do Tesla it. Tesla has been kind of skirting the line on this yes, too. Exactly. Uh, while immediate details are slim, press secretary Saki said that the rulemaking from blah, blah, blah will give farmers the right to repair their own equipment how they like. The farming industry has been inadvertently spearheading the right to repair efforts across the nation. They've had, uh, they ha- like try to hack ECUs. They take the ECOs yep. out and have them like jailbroken so exactly. they can work on their damn tractors. It's ridiculous. And because the dealer charges exorbitant rates, that's what the, yes, this, uh, exactly. And many farmers have reverted to old, older tractors, you know, these analog tractors from, um, back in the day. Yep. 
I'm trying to read and understand what I'm reading at the same time. Well, and usually, for some reason today, it's hard. Yeah, that's okay. We all have our, <laughs> we all have our struggles. Someday you'll measure up. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Not in the height department. Yeah, but that's what I was getting yeah, at. I know you yeah. were, but I just stole it right out. I know, this is awesome. This is great news for, for everyone. Great news for farmers, for everyone concerned with repair monopolies, blah, 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 blah. Here's the problem, though, Chris. Oh, if you say blah, blah, blah one more time. I, this is a lot to read in this night. Then why did you put it here? I thought we were going to need a lot of content. Filler. Chris. You didn't know I was going to talk about stupid Volkswagen and stupid TDI motors no, I did for not. the whole time. Here's the problem, though. What? What does this effectively mean? So they're putting this law out here saying, okay, manufacturers can't stop either owners or independent shops from working on their equipment, but that won't automatically make it cheaper viable for a person to do so. And I have a firsthand example of this. Okay. So I changed the oil in the Ducati, of course, because it's easy to do. And why wouldn't you just do that yourself? Right. But the oil life monitor on the computer screen that comes up every single time you start the car and you have to yep. like manually go through the menu to get rid of it needs to be reset using a Ducati only computer. The same way with this all track that I've got. You yes. change the oil, and you the need Porsche. a special computer to exactly. do it. Exactly. So right now it just says service now every time you start it. Exactly. So I had to do a log and be like, I changed the oil. Here's my receipt. And I kept this stuff yes. because I don't want to have to void my warranty or something like that. But it's super annoying that I can't just used to be able to like turn in a circle, hit the gas pedal twice, hit the wiper switch, open the glove box six times. And then the oil light would turn off. Exactly. Right. It used to be yeah, able to like, do some, some, some little, stupid, stupid so thing. Here's the thing though. So basically all this law would state is sure. You can change your oil like you're doing. There's no law or rule against that from the manufacturer. But if you want to like change out that, monitor or work on other things you still need to buy the specialty computer to work on it and right. interface with it and it'll be cost prohibitive anyways yeah that's the way it is with almost everything now is i feel like it's gonna be it's gonna either a it's gonna be really easy for independent shops to exist because everybody's gonna want to just maintain this old stuff as right. we go along they're right gonna, they're just gonna get a ton of business maintaining old things. or or they're not gonna be able to do anything you know because things will get regulated out of existence so it's going to be one of the two. I think for a while, we're going to start seeing like, you know, independent tractor shops, whatever, are going to be like, wow, I really want to keep driving this old stuff. People are going to really be milking it. Used cars are at an all-time high. There's a reason for that beyond helicopter money and inflation. I mean, people want to just well, keep driving chip things. shortage. Chip shortage. There's Nobody just can no new cars out there. But I agree. Once all are on the showroom floor are electric cars and people want to keep their gas cars, they're going to buy used and these used cars are going to be around for a long time. And I think that's why we will see independent shops. I think you'll see a lag in this though, right? So you're going to see all these electric cars come in like 2030, 2035, right. you know, 2030, even earlier, right? We know they're coming, but they're going to become more ubiquitous in like right. 2030. Is you're going to start being, people are going to be like, oh yeah, this is great. They're going to buy them. And then they're going to realize how expensive they are to repair yes. and how expensive they are to maintain. They have to go to the dealer that it's, it's costing and $150 an hour. Thing. And then guess what? Everybody's going to all of a sudden go, oh shit, we want this yes. old, these old cars. I've and always said there's going to be a cars pendulum are gonna go, effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's going to swing way over where it should be. Right. Everyone's going to buy all this electric stuff. Oh, it's great. But then we're going to say, oh, but I have to wait in line for four hours to charge the damn thing. Cause now everyone else on mm -hmm. the block has one of these or power shortages all throughout the States. We can't charge our cars anyways. Oh, Oh, you know what? But guess what? Gasoline's going to be like $7 a gallon. You know, it's going to be expensive. The taxes are going to go up. You know, I, I don't know. We'll see what they do. Because if here's like I've said, these manufacturers are spending billions of dollars, right. billions. When you right. see Scrooge McDuck jumping around in his little gold filled, you know, yeah, it, that's just a drop in the bucket. That is a drop in the bucket. And they are spending so much money. And if you think 
that these companies, these corporatists, these cronyism, <laughs> these bastards aren't sending dudes. Bastards. 100%. These guys suck. I hate this. I hate this so much. This is what make, gives capitalism a bad name. Everybody's like, oh, look at the free market. It's really messing up. No, it's not a free market when you've got some dude named Bob that works for Ford that's going over and whispering in the senator's ear going, yeah, well, we just spent $500 billion developing this widget over here. And if you you know get this passed, we're going to maybe like shove some money under the table with your wife's stocks or some it's all this crazy shit and then or the lobbyists are, are after this that or the other thing it's this you scratch my back i scratch yours and if you right. think that the the government is going to be pushed by these corporations and ford and gm and everyone else to make sure that you have to buy these pieces of shit that cost a million dollars <laughs> to repair they're going to make sure that you feel like you have to do it it's going to take work. It's going to take effort to not do it. They're going to make sure of it. And Chris can't wait to be the outlaw. <laughs> I don't have a ton of money. If it's like $9 a gallon, I can't afford it. It's too much money. I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't. Yeah. It's just the way it's going to be. You we know, had an interesting, did you read there was an interesting listener comment, something about the history of, it was like this conspiracy theory about yes, how. Yes, that's in our show notes to verify and look into. Don't yeah, say anything. Okay. Let's just, we'll, we'll save it. could be a very interesting you story. Want, do that next week. Let's do that for next week. You've got your, your next week. That's your thing. Let's do that. Let's find out. Let's dig into these th conspiracy theories and find out what's going on with, you know, the, the, the conspiracy series where they got rid of the electric cars, like the, the oil companies, you know, conspired yep. marathon and conspired to, you know, make sure that we that, didn't get yeah. this or that. And obviously there's like a perpetual energy machine where in, energy is infinite, <laughs> right? There's a big conspiracy theory that that's being shut down. Right. Which even though it completely violates thermodynamics and is impossible to exist in the physical world, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories out there. Right. That might be interesting to figure out. At we, some point we'll we do that. we should just do conspiracy theories in general and yeah, really get yeah, out yeah, of yeah, our yeah. head. That, that would be fun. <laughs> we also need to do a Patreon exclusive. Maybe we'll save it for that. I think that sounds like a that's fun a really one good for, idea. for our Patreon Drivers Club members. Yes. Which, hey, don't forget about the secret. What's the secret? The secret for our Drivers Club members. You said you knew the secret at the beginning yeah. of the episode. Have you I forgotten the no, secret? I didn't know if you were saying the secret. No, you forgot the secret already. Why do I need to remember the secret? What do we I got already going, knew it. <laughs> what are we going, got going on on Monday? <laughs> Monday, we have an awesome interview with Brock, also known as 996 Road Trip. You know him as the 911 uh, with the big rooftop tent on the top Yeah, we're talking about rallying. Also, Jeff Bull, who is one of the three co-creators of the Overcrest Rally. You know, I've been rallying a long time, but he came on a couple years ago and started kicking ass with us on the rally so now he's he one makes of makes everything look great yes he's he's our branding master he's the one that really helps with the direction keeps keeps us on task because both of us are like <laughs> yeah what's what was this shiny yeah so jeff is there and he's you know he's one of the co-creators of the overcrest rally so we're gonna have him on to talk about rallying and kilo he runs kilo so we're gonna talk about that a little bit excited about that we will see you guys on monday take care man i'm out of breath yeah